buddy. What you doing? Is it Christmas yet? It is in Disneyland. I can't wait for Christmas. You know what? I can't wait for Christmas either. In fact, let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. It's November 25th, 2016, and that means there's just one month left till Christmas. Today's a super-sized Disneyland episode. Not only was part of the show recorded at the happiest place on Earth, but we've got special guests Jeff and Kristen from the Mousedalgia Podcast joining us to talk about Disneyland and the Muppet Christmas Carol. And we're going to pick the ultimate version of Jingle Bells in the final round of the Jingle Brawl. Jingle Brawl. Jingle Brawl. Jingle Brawl. The show is now starting, so remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Welcome to this merry place, welcome! I'm Tim Babb, stand-up comedian, Christmas superfan, and Disneyland freak. Today I'm going to cross the streams of my fandoms and explore Christmas in Disneyland. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Christmas in Disneyland. Christmas in going to celebrate Muppet Vember by talking about the Muppet Christmas Carol with Jeff and Kristen from the Mousedalgia Podcast. So it's going to be a nice long episode today, perfect for that long commute or a long work day or fighting those Black Friday crowds decorating the tree or however you listen. Now, if you're in a hurry, there's always timestamps in the show notes so you can skip to the features you want and come back for the rest later, kind of like Thanksgiving leftovers. But before we go any further, we had a contest last time, and that means we have a winner this time. Congrats to Josh, who will soon be receiving a set of 30 personalized Christmas cards from our official store and a set of matching return address labels. Thanks for spreading the word about the Jingle Brawl, Josh, and thanks to everyone who helped by sharing the hashtag Jingle Brawl and a link back to the show. Since the final round of the Jingle Brawl is happening at the end of this show, we've got another chance for you to win a prize pack from our official store. This time, you could win North Pole certified wrapping paper and gift tag stickers. Great for differentiating gifts that are, uh, um, let's say, not from you, like they're from someone else, if you catch my drift. Anyway, they're available now at our official store, Zazzle.com slash Can't Wait for Christmas, and you'll have a chance to win a roll of wrapping paper and a set of stickers for free when we get to the Jingle Brawl. But we got a lot of fun stuff to do before that. Now, full disclosure, I had planned on recording most of this episode in Disneyland. I was there for the very first weekend of the kickoff of their Christmas celebration, but recording in Disneyland didn't really pan out. And the reason is, well, here, take a listen. Hello, this is Tim, walking down Main Street in Disneyland. It was my intention to record almost the entire episode from the park, but as you can hear, my voice is thrashed after three days of staying up after midnight and getting up before 5 a.m. So, I'm going to have a couple drop-ins from here in the park, but basically, I'm going to kick it back to me in the studio. Oh, I need a lozenge. So that's what my voice sounded like for most of the trip. But thankfully, I did record one segment while I was down there, a special on-location edition of Five Golden Things. Five Golden Things. 
When Disneyland celebrates Christmas, they go all out, turning the happiest place on Earth into the merriest place on Earth. So I thought I'd count down my five favorite ways Disneyland gets Christmas-fied. And I recorded these while I was in the park to try and capture that authentic Disney magic. So let's start with... Number five. Sleeping Beauty's Castle. It's the crown jewel of Disneyland with good reason, especially at Christmas time. During the day, they cover it with snow, and at night, they flick on the lights. And it's not just regular, oh, I'm going to decorate for Christmas lights. It's a sea of white lights that they can turn into icicles, they can turn into falling snow, and when the fireworks go off, they turn it into a show. It's the best. Number four. New Orleans Square. There's a lot to love about this land at Christmas time. Not only is there that swinging jazz Christmas music playing as you walk through, you got the combination of Mardi Gras and Christmas decorations all over, and you got what I'm standing right next to you right now, the Haunted Mansion Holiday. They take the Haunted Mansion and combine it with the Nightmare Before Christmas. Starts from Halloween, goes all the way till after Christmas. I love it. I'm not even that big a fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas, but I love this ride movie mashup. It's so colorful, the music is so fun, and the person they had to do the voice of the ghost host sounds almost exactly like Paul Freed's. New Orleans Square. Christmas time. Yes. Number three. It's a small world holiday. Now, I know I've already talked about how they changed this ride on the inside for the holidays, but on the outside, they change it for the holidays, too. Every single inch of the front of the ride is covered in beautiful, colorful Christmas lights. Then there's the entire path walking from the rest of Fantasyland to It's a Small World. That's also covered in lights and decorations and beautifulness. And then, during the fireworks, they actually project animation onto the face of It's a Small World. So it looks like there's a Christmas train driving by, they got ice fairies, they got... Springs for some reason. I don't know what that's about, but I don't care because I love It's a Small World during the holidays. Number two. Frontierland. Howdy, partners. I'm walking through the streets of the Old West at Christmas time. Nothing more magical than that. Actually, probably not. The Old West was probably pretty rough during the Christmas time. But Disney's version of the Old West during Christmas time is amazing. Just love the decorations, but most of all, I love the music they pipe in in Frontierland. This is what got me to my love of banjos and harmonicas as Christmas music. Love it. Honorable mentions. Cars Land. Now, I'm not actually a huge fan of the movie Cars. I've never even seen the sequel to Cars. But I always love the decor of Cars Land any day of the year. But when it's Christmas time, they add a certain special magic Christmas sauce that makes Cars Land beautiful to walk around in. And they're playing these old-time Christmas songs from the 50s that just gives you that warm sense of, yes, it's Christmas and I'm having a good time. Number one. Main Street. From the Rees that adorn the old-fashioned light up and down the street to the gigantic Christmas tree in Town Square to the carols singing merry music all up and down. You know it's Christmas time when you walk through the gates of Disneyland and arrive on Main Street. Plus, you've got that beautiful music to start your day and say, yes, I'm in Disneyland and it's Christmas time and I'm on Main Street. Main Street, USA. And there you have it. Anything I missed? What's your favorite Disneyland changes for the holidays? Let us know in the comments at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Next up, I wanted to stop and acknowledge that I know Disneyland during the holidays just isn't feasible for everyone. Some people are put off by the crowds, maybe it's too far away, maybe it's too expensive, whatever. But what if you could have a little of that Disneyland Christmas magic right in your own home? 
you can, and I'll tell you how. Because sometimes you need a little Disneyland Christmas now. We need a So one of my Facebook friends, VJ, created this great mix of Disneyland holiday music and made it available on YouTube. It's got all the best stuff, like the Christmas parade, the Christmas fireworks, Small World Holiday, and tons more. If you've ever been to Disneyland during the holidays, it's sure to stir some happy memories. If you haven't, well then you can still enjoy a great mix of holiday music. I put the link to the video in the show notes of this episode, and I also posted the link on our Facebook page. When I asked VJ what inspired him to create it, he said, At Disneyland, Christmas is my favorite time of year. And as a kid, I used to go to Disneyland all the time, especially during the holiday season. I wanted to take those experiences that I had as a kid, and that many others have had, and put it into musical form, so that if people can't really be there, they can listen and imagine they are. I'd like to consider it sort of a musical version of a snow globe. So thanks, VJ. I plan to shake that musical snow globe again and again. But Jeff and Kristen are going to be here any minute, so I just have time for a quick public service announcement with another edition of The More You Noel. Two quick cold weather holiday tips. Tip number one, if you're going to do a fire in the fireplace, be sure you know if the flue is open or blocked before you commit to an entire Duraflame log. Tip number two, if you forget tip number one, check your surroundings before you start frantically fanning the smoke or else you might launch a projectile at the window shattering it. How did I learn these tips? Let's just say that my living room currently smells like an old Reno casino and there's a big jagged hole where my window used to be. So don't be like me, friend. And that's The More You Noel. Okay, now it's time to... I think the special guests I invited might be here, because when talking about Disneyland, you need some experts. And who better than two of the members of the Mousedalgia podcast? So let's open the door and see. Yes! Jeff and Kristen are here. Come on in, guys. Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for having us. I know. Thank you for being here. I love a good Christmas crossover. I know, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you, for those people who are unlucky enough to not know about Nostalgia, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the show. Jeff, well, take it yeah. away. You okay, know. well, uh, the show is, um, it's our uh, roundtable podcast about Disney stuff. So we're based on the West Coast, so we basically talk about Disneyland, uh, the Disney Studios, Walt Disney Family Museum, everything that's happening out here on the west side of the country. And um, we just love to share Disney with the world. It's one of our... One of our favorite things. And so one day, I don't know, what was it, about eight and a half years ago, nine years ago, mm-hmm. Krista and I were talking Disney. At Red Robin. I suppose, yeah, we were at Red Robin with a friend and we were just, mm-hmm. I, I think I was just kind of, I had I had registered the, na- the name Nostalgia because I thought I might start a Disney blog um, a decade ago or so. And then we were just kind of hanging out and I was realizing that our conversation was fun and funny. And I said, well, what if we started a Disney podcast? And um, mm-hmm. we kind of mapped it out on a napkin. Yeah. The very, um, you know, I guess... <laughs> It was very like 1980s movie scene. Yeah, very uh, <laughs> cliche, you could say. But but we, yeah, we kind of came up with some ideas. And mm-hmm. I think we pretty much stuck pretty close to some of those original yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And then we thought two is not enough. 
So we had to invite Dave and Becky, and we love them. Like they were friends of ours, and we thought they just have some, you know, round out the qualities of the show. So yeah, well, well, Dave was a broadcaster. You know, at the mm-hmm. time, I was not comfortable with the thought of just getting in front of a microphone and, and you know, trying to carry any kind of show. Mm-hmm. So um, Dave really had a little bit of experience with radios, and mm-hmm. he had been on a radio show. And Becky um, is definitely a vacationer. Like yeah. she does, she doesn't want to take shortcuts. She wants to have a great vacation. So mm-hmm. that was kind of important a for me because you, Kristen, are kind of you were kind of scrappy at the time because you were not, yeah. you didn't have a ton of resources, right? Yeah, and I like I, scrappy as poor. Yeah, and I also, <laughs> <laughs> I also was kind of you know scraping the bottom of trying to yeah. get get down to Disneyland, and I still do. Basically, I go on the cheap, but we needed that other side of the story, you know. Yeah, if you want to really wasn't scrappy. Yeah, if you want to really take a good, <laughs> a good someone who was scrapful, know, scrapful, a nice, uh, comfortable vacation, you know. Yeah. So, so Becky knows a lot about that. She yeah. knew a lot about that, and in a good way, not in a, yeah. you know, snooty way. But it was, it was really a great. I think the four of us came together and really put something yeah. good together. So, and then how do we find Tim Bab? Like Kingdom Comedy, you're making Comedy. your great videos. Yeah, I saw one on YouTube. See, and I think I saw them. So this is an inside story. Jeff and I have fought about like who found you. I think I did, and Jeff thinks he did. We'll never know. Well, I wrote to him. So I mean that that much I remember. Jeff wrote to me. So I, I probably told you too. Okay. <laughs> so for <laughs> all right. For those well, who don't know, I actually uh, used to do regular segments on the show. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. Mousealgia. Yeah, it was them. a lot of fun until I was I just sort of ran out of ideas and the show really didn't need me anymore. <laughs> no, we still need you. That's why we had you back yeah. this week. Yeah, people still. I meant in terms of like, oh, the, we need a little, you know, comedy to juice this part mm-hmm. of the show up. Yeah. No, it, it's fine. It's got all the juice it needs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had we've talked to Tony Baxter. We've had Bob Gurr on the show a couple times. Alice mm-hmm. Davis on the show a few times. Yeah. The guest we get most re- requested to <laughs> what happened to and when are you going to have this guest back is definitely Tim Bab. It's seriously so. Tim Bab. Yeah, we're, we're not just saying that. People ask all the time, like, get that guy back. We're like, all right. <laughs> and Kristen's always like, he's just doing his own thing now. He doesn't have time for my stuff. I'm like, why so, isn't he just attainable show? guest? <laughs> Tim, wake up. Do it. Okay. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Malstalgia has been about eight and a half going on, I don't know, eight and a half years and mm-hmm. um, still going strong. Yeah, that's that's the story. And uh, I, I I wanted to mention when you brought up Dave and Becky, I actually ran into them this past uh, well recently at Disneyland. That's yeah, funny. Uh, I guess they were down there for the superhero race. Yeah, and I ran into them both separately, and I, I I got to talk to Becky for a while. But Dave caught me in the middle of trying to figure out a fast pass situation <laughs> at Soarin' Over the World, and my voice had been thrashed like I couldn't even talk. And Dave was like, "What did that guy say?" He's like, "I said he said it's broken down." He's like, "Yeah." Well, after that, I'm like, "I don't know. I gotta go." <laughs> so I immediately had to <laughs> test message them. I'm like, "Hey, I'm sorry I was rude. I just didn't have that many words, and that was all I had for you." <laughs> That's why they're not here today. That sword. <laughs> yep, they're like, nope. <laughs> you can tell Bab to take his podcast and stuff it. <laughs> Hope those fast passes were worth it. I know. <laughs> uh, didn't give. Didn't even get to go on the ride. Oh, did you go on get all? the fast passes? I eventually did. Yeah. Okay. I, after everybody else went to bed, I circled back to Dis- to California Adventure and rode it by myself. You were hardcore. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, apropos of nothing. There's a lot of CGI in the new Soren over. Right? 
<laughs> it is definitely a uh, special effects, um, what do you call it, a, a bombastic yeah. special effects film now. Yeah. Um, I'm, now I'm like, did they even go to any of these places? <laughs> <laughs> we will never know. It's when the Coca-Cola bear starts waving on the iceberg, and you're like, wait a second. Yes! That was exactly what I was like, no, no. Maybe it I would buy one of those bears happened to be in the shop, but not two of those bears in a row. Drinking a Coke. It's or when possible. the elephant winks at you right before you fly by, you're like, wait a minute. Or when yeah. you're like going over the Taj Mahal, I'm like, they would allow this? I know. And there's like <laughs> 10 like, people there? No. Yeah, yeah. We, we're just going to buzz the Taj Mahal with our IMAX camera. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's totes cool. I kind of miss the old one. And it's not Christmas time at Disneyland at the yeah, end. Yeah. I know. There, I brought it to good. Christmas, so now, now it makes Ooh, sense we're talking about it on this podcast. Fair. That was fair. Amazing. <laughs> Made it. Uh, speaking of Christmas, uh, I would like to add, uh, ask you guys to take part in one of our recurring segments where uh, we talk about. You guys do a segment on your show called the Mousestalgia Roundup, where mm-hmm. each of you guys talk about something. You can sort of go around in a circle. Everybody gets to sound off on it. Uh, since I do the show by myself, I had to come up with a way of talking about more than one thing in a circular pattern. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a countdown feature we call Five Golden Things. And when we have a guest on, I like to ask guests five golden questions. Nice. And Kristen provides the music for it. <laughs> nice. Well done. It's, it's great to hear her do it live like that. that yeah. was, thank you so much for that, Kristen. <laughs> it's all a lie. You know, my accordion, Tim, actually went out after I recorded that, and it's still down. Like, how long ago was that? Like a year and a half? Accordion oh, is no. still... Yeah, it's out of commission. It just went down it, after that. It broke because you recorded the Christmas stuff? <laughs> Can't wait for Christmas. Broke my accordion. No, it just, it just went oh, down. that is the saddest thing ever. That's <laughs> okay. I'm glad it, I'm, I'm glad it was there I mean, for Jeff, this that's okay. one like, last yeah, effort. I just think it's fine. Well, it is, because you had, you know, one last effort yeah. in you. Now, luckily, I've got two spares, but that particular... <laughs> there, are, there are many squeeze boxes in this house. Holy moly. <laughs> but sadly, that one, I still got to get it to the repair shop. But it was a good last oh, squeeze. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, I would like squeeze. to know, though, we've put that music to some good use. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> we have played it many times. Thank you for including me. It's nice. Well, thank you for uh, volunteering your services. Oh, anytime. <laughs> All right. So these are uh, five Christmas-related questions. There's no wrong answers. Uh, unless you say humbug. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. What is your favorite Christmas carol? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good question. Does it have to be a Christmas carol or can it be a Christmas song? Uh, good dis- I'm not sure. It, sad, embarrassingly, I'm not sure I know the distinction. So, yes, either one. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Uh, well, because I think of a carol as more of a song that kind of tells a Christmas story or, you know, uh, this is just my imagination. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's true or not. And Christmas songs are all over the place, right? Like, yeah. That's true, yeah. Like my Christmas song, I, I would probably choose, oh, I mean, for sure, I do choose um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas for a lot of reasons. One reason is it's kind of become a jazz standard, so there's very creative um, arrangements of it out there. In fact, a couple of years ago, I went on a task to make myself a, a uh, Disneyland Drive CD of only Christmas music. There are literally about 35 versions of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas on this CD I made and it's wow. they're all different. Like I can listen to it over and over and over again from different musicians and it's not like I'm listening to the same song, you know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. And then I just like the song because it's so I mean the real the, the actual song from the musical, you know, is just so mm-hmm. grim and like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and like I can 
I, I can survive this one more day, you know, because, you know, maybe someday things will be better than this day. You know, it's not like this, this t- torch song you hear, you know, lounge singers saying it's really a intense, dramatic, uh, kind of, a I can, you know, I'm going to make it to one, one more day kind of a song. So hmm. I don't know. I just, I think it's intense and beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's kind that's of a, a weird, way to, way, weird way to choose a Christmas song, but it is my favorite <laughs> Christmas song. So Kristen, I'm interested in your favorite Christmas. Yeah. I think this counts. I really love the hallelujah chorus. <laughs> <laughs> they do play that on Christmas. I mean, it's, I, I it's would say Christmas that's considered thing, a Christmas right? song. Yeah, yeah. well, Christmas like, and just, Easter, the Messiah, right? So they play yeah. it both both times. Yeah, but like at Disneyland, the um, candlelight service, they always oh, yeah, have the sure. Hallelujah chorus, and I just yeah. I like that one because you don't have to really know it; you can just join in. Like it's a carol, everyone can sing Hallelujah, <laughs> Hallelujah. Like yeah, because it really just has the one word, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, well, that's not true. There are many words in it, but yeah. for the most part, but you can but like, at least you can join in the chorus. Yeah, yeah, you can drop out for a while, like get a glass of water, and then back in. Hallelujah. <laughs> for the big ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I actually like that one. I like that one, but I also really love the Christmas waltz. If I can pick two, because that's a good. What's the Christmas? Is there, are there words to the Christmas waltz? Dun, dun, is it painted candy canes? Dun, it's my favorite, but I don't the know the words. Candles gleaming inside. Yeah, Tim knows. Yeah. Painted candy canes okay. on the trees. Okay. And, yes. Okay. Uh, I always thought that, so there's a lyric in that song that goes, uh, uh, and this song of mine in three-quarter time yeah. wishes you and yours. I always thought they were saying that their song took three-quarters of the time of a regular song, like it was just a faster song. <laughs> like, no. look, I'm telling you Merry Christmas, but I'm getting you in and out of the door faster. It's efficient. No. Yeah, that's it. wasn't until I, I don't know how old I was, but I'm like, oh, Waltz, three-quarters, I get it. Yeah. I get it now. It's called the Christmas Waltz. I got it. I got it. That's a good line. you. You're clever, you. <laughs> do you get to participate too? Do you tell us your favorite one? Oh, uh, I mean, Jingle Bells is my favorite Christmas song. Nice. That's, that's, that's why we've been spending all year talking about it. Because <laughs> ah, I love that song. Wow. I love it. All right. Jingle Even Bells. though it, used to, it, it was actually a Thanksgiving song, but. Really? Dashing through the snow to Grandma's house. Yeah, that sounds oh, more yeah. like a more like a holiday feast type of a song. Wow. I think it was like our second or third episode we talked about it, how it was actually written in Thanksgiving, but it was so popular they played it again. They they uh, It was written for like a, a church choir, and they sang it again at Christmas time, and then it just became a thing that they kept singing at Christmas time. Nice. Yeah. There's not a lot of great Thanksgiving hymns out there. Like, there's a handful, but... We gather together. Like Christmas. Well, yeah, that's one. All right. Name two. But... Yeah, but um, none you're gonna flip on the radio in here. Like, hey, it's all yeah. <laughs> your favorite radio station is gonna be like, okay, we finally flipped the Thanksgiving music, everybody. I know. There's no Time Life album for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't think there is, no. But um Oh wait, Adam Sandler has that Thanksgiving song. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a right. good one. That's a good one. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> two. Two. Two Thanksgiving songs. <laughs> one for each side. That's awesome. Number four. Favorite Christmas movie. Now, this can also oh. include like a television special. Okay. If if that is your favorite, that's a hard one. Boy, can I choose Gremlins? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is nothing that creeps me out more than Phoebe Cates talking about finding her. I think it was. The, I mean, I haven't seen this in years. I might be wrong. I think it was her talking about finding her father dead in the chimney because he was trying to play Santa Claus and he got stuck there and they didn't Yikes. find him till. He was rotting away. Isn't that, that's what... I believe that, that is Gremlins, yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it went. That's just... That, <laughs> that's the reason wow. that's your favorite Christmas that's movie? That's just striking. That's horrible It's stuff. striking. 
That's my favorite Christmas movie. Well, well, okay. So let me put it this way. I like that movie a lot, and it deals with Christmas. I could have <laughs> right. chosen Home Alone because Bruce Willis has some great one-liners. But I, you know, the, the truth is, I don't have a Christmas-themed favorite. I don't. I really don't have a Christmas-themed favorite. Um, other than Wait, very, did you say Home Alone? You know, you know, Bruce like, Willis has lines in it. Doesn't doesn't he have some? Isn't it Bruce Willis? Did I say that? I'm talking about. You, are you thinking of Die Hard? No, no, Die I'm Hard. talking about Die. Oh, that's what did I say? Home Alone. <laughs> yes. yes. No, 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 not Home Alone. <laughs> Die Hard. Die oh my Hard. gosh, that's the movie I want to see. The parents leave Bruce Willis Home Alone. <laughs> that would be tragic. not Home Alone. No, I'm not talking about that funny caper. D- Die Hard. Yeah, because uh, it goes along right right along with Gremlins, right? The Grim Christmas movie. The Grim Christmas movie. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. I don't know though. I don't know that I have a favorite one of those. Something grim, you know. Night. I mean, you can be Nightmare Before Christmas is way too obvious, but I do love that movie too. So, Kristen, you better bring it. Bring it. I know. Make, I it, bring, make it a little segment. bit more. Make it more a little more serious here. <laughs> I like. Um, Lost. I'll give you a hint. Lights, please. Which one is that? Oh, that would be uh, the Peanuts. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. That's my favorite one. I like the blanket on the tree. I like the crazy dancing. Like trying to control the Christmas show. That's never going to happen. Like, I love the little <laughs> Linus, Linus yeah. Bible moment. I just like it all. I know it's kind of sacrilegious, but I I just find the peanut specials to be a little boring. I do, too, except for that one. I don't okay. like any peanuts, like, shorts, except yeah. for the Christmas. Yeah, even well, the... that's what the head of uh, CBS thought at the time as well. They almost, <laughs> they almost weren't going to air it. Well, I know. They decided they were going to air it because they'd already advertised it, but, like, it's never going to happen again. So. Really? <laughs> But then, like everybody loved it, loved well, it. And yeah. Come on, the soundtrack. Well, you the music is that. phenomenal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just listening to some of that today. That's yeah. good. So, Tim, what's what you, what's your favorite one? <sighs> I mean, I'm gonna go completely stereotypical because uh, I I just rediscovered this movie uh, a couple years back. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen it. What? Yeah. I know. It's one of those things yeah. that you just don't end up seeing because you're like, it's on all the time. You're like, yeah. I'll get to it when I get to it. And you see, and you know how it ends and you've seen parts of it. So you feel like you've like, I got it. I don't need to see it. But man, sit down and watch that movie the whole way through. It is a great movie. Is that a yeah. downer? I thought it was kind of a bummer of a movie. I'm, I mean, it is not unlike, um, I mean, Santa Claus 3, the Santa Claus 3 with Tim Allen kind of ripped <laughs> from this. And I remember when I was watching it, I was like, the first... I don't know, four, four, or three-fourths of Santa Claus 3 is just the world beating down on Santa Claus. Like, how awful it is to, for Tim Allen to be Santa Claus. Yeah. And then 15 minutes, like, it's okay again. <laughs> and it's kind and It's a Wonderful Life is kind of like that. Okay. Like, look at all these horrible things George yeah. Bailey has had to go through. I know, It's a uh, Wonderful the, Life. I mean, right. that's such a, fu- such a popular Christmas. That's no more, no less grim than Gremlins or Die Hard. <laughs> I mean, that's a grim film. <laughs> But I mean, it ha- uh, yeah. I mean, I can't deny that there's grimness to it. But, but it, it does. Ha- it does come around, doesn't it? Yeah, it's such an uplifting yeah. ending, and just, yeah. just the performances are so good. The there's a scene where um, young George Bailey. Uh, it's not even played by um, Jimmy Stewart. It's like the kid uh, is playing him, and he he notices that the f- the pharmacist that he works for has just lost his son in the war, and he's not paying attention to what he's doing. And uh, he accidentally gives the wrong pills to somebody who needed them. Hmm. And so George doesn't deliver those pills. And he comes back and he's getting yelled at by the guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a powerfully, like, just, like, if I, tears every time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no matter what's going on right before or after that. Hmm. Like, if someone just puts on that scene, tears. Well, now I'm going to watch it. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I seriously <laughs> never seen it, but this year, it's the year. <laughs> this is the year. Things things can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's what we do. <laughs> Number three. Best Christmas present you've ever gotten. <laughs> That's so easy for me. Is it? Yeah. Do you want me to go what, first? Okay. Yeah, well, what for is sure. It? Oh, for sure. Hanging. Well, it was my Kawaii SX210 synthesizer uh, that I got in 1983, I think, from my parents. Um, so we we bought Kawaii's because that's just where our piano, my piano teacher taught from at the Kawaii place. So mm-hmm. we had a Kawaii piano and we bought a Kawaii synthesizer. Turned out to not be um, extremely well sold but i i had one and it was just this amazing it was one of those digital like analog but it used digital circuits to make the analog sounds and so um one of the first polyphonic synthesizers it kind of like led me on my whole i'm gonna relearn the piano and join a rock band career Mm. you know when i was uh yeah like a freshman in high school so that was just amazing uh like the Kawhi sx210 i remember it like yesterday Nice. What was your nice. best Christmas present, Kristen? I think it was in third grade, so it was about, what, nine? And my Santa, not my parents, Santa brought me a tabletop pinball machine. Did you guys ever have one of these? No. No, but I was jealous of my friends who did. Yeah, had one. <laughs> I played that thing so much, I got calluses on my thumbs. Like, <laughs> I think I still have those calluses, like, 30 years later. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what happened to it. I think probably something traumatic, and I have blocked that memory out of my head, like, what happened to my <laughs> pinball machine. But it was... It's the, and I didn't ask for it. Like, my mom, I think my mom liked pinball machines, and so she thought, like, let's just get this. It was seriously, and loud, loud with a bell, like, lots of bells. It was so good. Love that thing. Wow. Tim, how about you? I'm not, I'm not used to the guest turning it back on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Malcelta style. Uh, I mean, you don't have to. It's your, show, it's your show. Like, you're the boss. You're right. But you're the guest, so <laughs> you got to be accommodating. Uh, you're, you're, you're the guest at my Christmas party. Um... Uh, <laughs> I would. It's a toss-up between when I was, I guess I'd have to be four or five. Uh, I got not only a little tape recorder that I could, you know, both play tapes on, and also it had a little function that you that you could record. Like they didn't give me a microphone, but I figured out that if you stuck your headphones in the microphone jack, <laughs> your headphones worked as a makeshift microphone. And I made little uh, radio tapes oh, of myself, kind of. Kind of like a podcast, but nobody listened. <laughs> so kind of like most of the podcasts I used to be involved in. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's a t- So not only did I get that that year, but I also got Michael Jackson's Thriller on audio cassette that year. It's a good year. So yeah, that was that was, and that was kind of like a combo present. So it's either between that or way far into my adulthood, my mom got me an annual pass to Disneyland. Oh, what a nice. good mom! Your mom is nice. And I like. And I think she renewed it a couple of years mm-hmm. before I actually was like, you know what, mom, I can, I am big boy. I can yeah. start renewing my own <laughs> annual pass. Uh, oh, that 360. And it was the, you know, the premium, no blockout dates. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't mom stop me from priorities. coming. Nice. <laughs> and I remember it, uh, one of the, it was the year of Disneyland's 50th birthday. And there was a day that was closed to the public mm-hmm. because it was an all press day. Mm-hmm. But because I worked at a radio station. And we got sent to the Disneyland. I got to go on that. I was like, I still get all 365 days. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me. <laughs> Number two. All right. Now it's a trickier one. Okay. Worst Christmas present. <laughs> oh, that's easy. So easy. Oh, both oh, really? of us. <laughs> yes. What's yours, well, Jeff? Well, for sure it was the Kawhi SX210 polyphonic synthesizer because I thought that was so awesome, right? Because I got this keyboard and it changed my life. But like literally a month later, 
Yamaha releases the DX7 synthesizer, which completely changed like the the music of the 1980s. It became the axe for every oh. teenage key, you know keyboard player yeah. FM synthesis. Every song in the 80s had that chimey piano sound from the DX7 and those bell sounds from the DX7. And I was stuck with this like analog digital synthesizer, which today is completely awesome because it makes those big fat you know sounds but in the 80s when you wanted to have like m- a month after we bought we got this thing this new technology that changed oh. the whole face of music came out and that was like discouraging for years because because these things were a thousand dollars back then yeah. you know and, your parents weren't gonna get another one yeah they weren't gonna go spend another thousand dollars just because another company came out with a, a competing synthesizer that would change the face of music and you know <laughs> so it was both awesome to have this synthesizer and learn about it, but also always discouraging, like always a reminder that I did yeah. not have the industry standard keyboard. So like when your dad drew, drew the converse star on your shoes, because that wasn't converse. for Christmas, but that would have been there. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted converse shoes. So my dad threw the, drew the star. Like I was a little too old for that. Like I, <laughs> I kind of wasn't too old to think, well, I guess this is okay, but I was kind of too old to, you know, be yeah. completely fooled by that. Kristen, I want to hear yeah. what your worst Christmas <laughs> gift is. Okay, so first of all, Mom, if by some weird chance you're listening, just turn this off. Turn it off now. Because <laughs> this is like, it's hilarious, and it's also really sad in a sore spot in our, our family. So, like, eight or nine years ago, I left my job, and I went to Africa to work for this nonprofit for a couple months, like three months. Big life-changing experience for me. So I came back and um, it was, I came back in November and my mom said, you know, what would you like for Christmas this year? And I was single. So, you know, Christmas going home with my parents was still a really big deal. So I said, oh, I have an Amazon list and I sent her a link to Amazon. So Christmas morning comes and we all are around the tree and opening presents. So I opened my first present and I think it was, it was a wireless mouse that was pink for breast cancer. And I'm like, all right. Like, it just was kind of random. <laughs> and then and we take turns at our house. Like, we're not barbarians when it comes to opening Christmas presents, like, one at a time kind of a thing. So then my second turn came. And this time it was a train CD. And I'm just like, what the train? <laughs> like, I'm not a train fan. Like, not not a train what? girl. I don't... Drops of Jupiter. <laughs> right? So then I, I just kept opening these gifts and... And they were just nothing, like a bunch of books from the late 70s and early 80s, like used textbooks about urban gardening and landscaping and architecture. And I'm just finally at like gift 10 that had nothing to do with anything in my life and were just horrible gifts. I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, like, what are these gifts? Like when you have to look at your mom as a grown adult and say, what in the world? Like, what is this? What are these gifts? And she was like, honey, I went to your Amazon list and I ordered everything. I said, mom, no, mom, this is not my list. I said, did you click the link I sent you? She's like, oh no, I just typed in Kristen Nowicki. I'm like, mom, you can't just type in a name. <laughs> like, you have to use the link. What? How did so I remember this come up? So my mom <laughs> bought this entire girl's Christmas, her entire Amazon wish list for Christmas. And I got all this girl's stuff. And so this poor girl probably thought, like, I'm going to get everything I want this year. 
and it was all mine and it was just the crappiest stuff I remember and I looked at my mom I'm like mom she's like I thought there was only one Kristen Nowicki in the world I'm like no there are many of us and we obviously have different interests <laughs> it was so hard because I was like mom I'm because I'm like 26 at this point I'm like do you know me at all like do you know me like I'm not a vegetarian I'm not into urban gardening from the 70s like none of these and it just she's like I thought you changed in Africa like that was the line <laughs> I thought you changed in Africa <laughs> and we're all just crying because I'm like my mom doesn't know me and she's just like I thought there was one Kristen Nowick it was the worst (laughs) oh man i mean like not one bad gift a series a whole series whenever there's crying at christmas gifts that's awesome well and then like 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 when my girls my little girls cry because they don't get the right gift i just tell them the story it's hard to not laugh because But you tell them the story. At least you didn't get someone else's entire Amazon list. Yeah. All right. and, and oddly enough, like this last year. So, I mean, it's been like eight or nine years since this happened. This girl follows me on Twitter, Kristen Nowicki. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I look at her profile. It's like urban landscaping, trained <laughs> fan. It's her. The girl, the girl who I got her Christmas list is now following me on Twitter. Did tweet her about it. I don't know what to say. Cause it's say, like I nine, have your you know, stuff. <laughs> Do you want it back? <laughs> oh, no, you're killing me. <coughs> My mom bought me all your Christmas presents. Want them? Remember <laughs> Christmas 2008 when you got nothing you wanted? <laughs> I got everything. Remember when you got that book of accordion songs? <laughs> and a bunch Our of mom's Disney traded junk. lists. <laughs> You should just tweet her a link. Tweet her a link to this show. Oh, it was the it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. And so now every when Christmas comes, my mom's like, "Don't send an Amazon list." Like she won't. She just won't go to Amazon anymore. Can you top that one, Tim? Uh, nope. But I, uh, mine is well. I know my dad's not listening to this, but uh, I feel bad because um, there was this movie. That came out that was essentially just a big commercial for Nintendo. It starred Fred Savage and it was called The Wizard. I remember that one. Yeah. And in it, they featured prominently the Power Glove. And they made it seem like it was the most awesome way to control (laughs) your original Nintendo entertainment system. Mm -hmm. And I went and saw the movie just because, you know, I was a Nintendo fan and I was like, oh, I want to see the movie. And my dad picks me up for the movie. I will not shut up about the Power Glove. (laughs) I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, I'm not intentionally be like, Dad, get me the Power Glove for Christmas. But but it's close to Christmas and I am, (laughs) oh my gosh, the Power Glove. Oh, the dad in the movie and the Power Glove. Oh, let me tell you something about this Power Glove. He got me the Power Glove for Christmas that year. That thing is awful. <laughs> like you know how sometimes you play the Wii and it doesn't quite do. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm not. You're not following my moves exactly. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that was the entire experience. Because <laughs> that's what the power, power glove was. Essentially, the proto Wii. Like you would move your hand around and mm-hmm. that would move the character around mm-hmm. and be like, no, no, left, left. See how I'm going left? Go left. Jump. Why don't you jump? He's never going to jump. Oh, Mario's dead. And you wanted it so bad. <laughs> I did, and I begged for it, and he, and he gave it to me, and then like I feel so bad. <laughs> So then I used to make uh, little movies with my friends back at, at that point. So I just took the cord out of it and made it a cybernetic arm for the movie I made <laughs> called The Rampaging Cyborg. So you got <laughs> your like, money worth out of some... it. I was like, yeah, Dad, at least I still got some use out of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Honorable mentions. Oh, geez. Doesn't count for the five. Okay. 
favorite version of the song Jingle Bells because we're we're doing this whole thing, the Jingle Brawl this year, where oh, okay. we're picking the definitive oh. version of Jingle Bells. So, what is your favorite version? Wow, Jeff, do you need a minute? I have mine ready to go in my head. You, no, you go ahead. I love Ella Fitzgerald Jingle Bells. Oh yeah, she really sasses that thing up. The crazy vibrations on a one horse open sleigh. <laughs> wow. You know it. It's a good one. <laughs> I do. That was uh, I think in the tenth preliminary round, but she did not make the semifinals. I should have voted. Say. Darn it. Uh, wow. yeah. A lot of people are saying that this week. Should have voted. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's tricky. Jingle jingle bell. Because I mean okay. So like I said, I have this I made this playlist, right? To listen to Christmas music all the way to Disneyland. And there's mm-hmm. a quite a few jingle bells. Not as many as have yourself a Merry Little Christmases, but still quite a few jingle bells. And but so so many of the ones I listen to now are kind of newer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um we played Jingle Bells once. There's this one weird, crazy version. I don't know when it was recorded, probably in the 40s or 50s, that Disney put out a Jingle Bells single with all little mice singing. I don't know if it was around what? the time of Cinderella or so. That's kind of ridiculous and fun. But um, I kind of feel like these days I'm I'm a big fan of the Brian Setzer um, yes! version. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. I love that it's one. That was awesome. our first round. I was surprised it didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'll I'll choose that. Yeah, that's a good one. Are we allowed to ask you, Tim, to make a choice on this one, or is it like they're all your children? Uh, oh no, <laughs> sure, I, I can make a choice because okay. my mine got booted out. Uh, I think the ninth round. Oh, my favorite is the "It's a Small World" Jingle Bells. <gasps> nice, I love that version. That it, yeah, that's good. It's unexpected. N- not only that, you get more bang for your buck because that thing is long. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> And plus, you get the mermaids singing their version. Gotta the love it. Jingle shells. Mm-hmm. My my now five year old used to love that version. He can't remember that he used to like it. Like we just took him, <laughs> and it was, we were like, "This used to be your favorite part." He's like, "I got nothing for you. I don't remember that. I was two. You Leave remember? <laughs> oh, I remember. Patrick Farm remembers. <laughs> Number one. Eggnog. Yum or yuck? Um. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you wouldn't think that'd be such a hard question. I mean, what do you usually mix into eggnog? I guess it depends what you alcohol. put in it and how much. Well, yes, I know alcohol. I mean, <laughs> so my daughters right now love eggnog. Every Thanksgiving time it comes out and we just have to keep it in the fridge because they just love it. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll like think I'll just try a little bit with them. And it is the sweetest, thickest, like bubblegum flavored milky concoction that I just I I can't. I can't handle it. It's just too sweet for me. But you put in a little bit of a, you know, warm it up a little bit with some liquor. And then it somehow the sweet works a lot better that way. That fixes a lot of things. It fixes a lot of things, doesn't it? It does. So, so I don't know. But I I mean, overall, I, I'd have to say I'm not really an eggnog guy. Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't, I've never had it. Like traditional what? eggnog. It gets. I know. How? I realize. In, I don't know. I just dodged that bullet somehow. We have we do have though in our house um the you know the Starbucks holiday drinks my husband loves them I do not I find them too much but the one that we can both like sh- like let's just share one is the soy eggnog Starbucks so I'm gonna say yes to soy eggnog soy nog yeah, that counts yeah soy nog, <laughs> soy nog. <laughs> <laughs> we like that one Tim what about you oh when when I had Grammar Girl on and asked her this question mm-hmm. she said how much she liked it and I was like nope uh, this, oh you don't like I it. cannot. I cannot stand eggnog. I don't think I've ever liked eggnog. It's like something about the texture. Like when it hits your mouth, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to get this taste. Nope, I got that taste. <laughs> I don't want that taste. 
Then is it a taste you can't get out of your mouth once it's That's in there? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I crammed some Christmas cookies down there. I get it done. <laughs> I don't want you to worry about me. What about like the hot, the Starbucks eggnog? Have you tried that one? No, I'm not a big... I'm not. A, uh, I, the only thing I ever get at Starbucks is either a hot cocoa or a, a cider. Okay. Apple cider. Give this. I'm just. I'm not a coffee person. I'm not. I tried tea. I tried Earl Grey tea mm-hmm. for the first time this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not a coffee or a tea person. Those things are like. We we've got water and we drag drug it across some beans. Well, okay, save that. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> Give the soy nog a chance. You might like it, or you, or you might not. You know what? <laughs> just just for just for. Uh, um, Research sake, I probably should. Okay, just a, a little one, a mini. <laughs> okay, well that uh, does it for that feature. Was that but... the longest five five shiny things you've ever had? <laughs> golden, five, but yes, five golden things ever. <laughs> Long but worth it. I hope we didn't break your show, Tim. People are just like uh, turn this off. Must stop. Must stop. I doubt it. People are probably like, but call other people in the room. <laughs> Mousetalge is finally making this listenable. More golden things. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, so not only is it this, this show is sort of themed Disney, Disneyland and Disney and, and because you guys are here and because I did, I recorded some stuff in Disneyland earlier, but you're also here for uh, a new recurring segment on the show. I say recurring because it's the second time we've ever done it. <laughs> Muppet Vember. I like it. See, uh, the first, the first time we did a show in November, we did uh, a Muppet Family Christmas. And we talked all about that. And now you guys are here. We're going to talk about the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm excited. I love it. That's really cool. Hello. Welcome to the Muppet Christmas Carol. I am here to tell the story. And I am here for the food. My name is Charles Dickens. And my name is Rizzo the Rat. Hey, wait a second. You're not Charles Dickens. I am too. No, a blue furry Charles Dickens who hangs out with a rat. Absolutely. Charles Dickens was a 19th century novelist, a genius. Oh, you were too kind. Why should I believe you? Well, because I know the story of A Christmas Carol like the back of my hand. Prove it. All right. Um, there's a little mole on my thumb and, uh... A scar on my wrist from when I fell off my bike. No, 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 no. Don't tell us your hand. Tell us the story. Oh, oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because not too long ago, I don't know, was it a couple months ago, uh, the Walt Disney Family Museum had Dave Goals come speak to us all, and he brought some puppets, and he talked about, uh, one of the things he talked about was Muppet, uh, I mean, the, um, whatever you call it, (laughs) because, (laughs) I mean, because that was Muppet thing. Yeah, that Muppet show, that Muppet movie, that Muppet <laughs> Christmas thing. Because Gonzo was a big part of that, right? So um, He was yes. a star. He finally yeah. had to stay in the limelight. Yeah, and he was he's of course Gonzo. So um he talked about it quite a bit. Yeah, he almost he almost wasn't. He was originally going to be the ghost of Christmas future who doesn't talk. Oh no. Huh. But they thought it would be but the you know, the, just the visual of the of the ghost in the hood with the hook nose coming out, they thought it was a, a funny <laughs> visual. Because originally it was gonna be uh, I think Miss Piggy, the ghost of Christmas present okay and robin kermit's nephew is the ghost of christmas past okay. until they're like no it needs more gravitas these have to be original muppets that we come up with for them mm. and then they're like well no other version of the christmas carol on the screen has really been able to capture the great prose that charles dickens put in and around the the dialogue of the characters so what if we actually make a charles dickens a character in the show and what if we make it gonzo who is the least charles dickens like <laughs> of any of our muppets <laughs> He's, he's perfect. There can't be another one. 
It is perfect. And it was right at that right moment in Muppet like history that they could mm-hmm. kind of pull off this like everyone knew the Muppets enough that you could he could still make this ridiculous character with this ridiculous voice, right? And yet like play it straight. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things he was talking about at you know, at the museum, how he kind of you know, Gonzo is always ridiculous. It's just a character that's kind of crazy and has this crazy cartoon voice, but he still tried to make it like read this Dickens material, you know, straight and dramatic. And it, it worked because everyone really believes Gonzo is a character that they love and, and know, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know that you could do that now because the Muppets are a different place culturally. You know, they tried to make them yeah. kind of adult humor and that didn't really work. And so we'll see what happens next. But, um, but at that time, like it was definite family entertainment, right? Everyone knew Gonzo and everyone was familiar with Gonzo. So he could spread his wings a little bit. And they also gave him Rizzo the Rat as like so oh, that he amazing so that he didn't have to be carrying the comedy element of it. He had like mm-hmm. a counterbalance that he could be like, I'm trying to be serious, which is <laughs> odd coming from Gonzo. I know it was even funnier. Did you hear that? Huh? We were key characters, yeah. And to think we worked for nothing. You you worked for nothing. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> that is funny. That is hysterical. <laughs> What's he saying? What are you talking about? You What's didn't work for about? anything either. I know. <laughs> I love that Rizzo like when he leaves his jelly beans on the wrong side of the fence and has to go back for him and he's just done the whole like scaling the fence and just squeaks through that Rizzo yes that, that whole <laughs> bit came from like that's one of Brian Henson he said in the commentary that was one of his favorite bits and that whole that whole thing just came from uh, they do a scene with Scrooge at the beginning or at the beginning of that scene where he sees uh, Jacob Marley's face in the door knocker mm-hmm. and then the next time you see him he's in the back of the house and they wanted some sort of like time taken up on screen of how he got from one side of the house to the other mm-hmm. and how the characters got from one side to the other. So like, well, we just have to toss off the scene. So they wrote it really quickly and it ended up being like one of his favorite scenes in the movie <laughs> yeah. about where he scales the scene. He, Gonzo's going to catch him. He doesn't. He misses him and then he <laughs> squeaks back through the bars. You can fit to the bars? You are such an idiot. <laughs> and, he, and he said one of the reasons he liked that is because Dave Golans often says that to Steve Whitmire. You are such an idiot. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So did you guys both see it in the theater when it came out? I don't think so. My mom didn't like movies. Yeah, that's a great question. Did I see it in the theater? What year did it come out, out, Tim? Remind us. Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, I don't think I I did. Had that on the tip of my tongue. I shouldn't have had to say that with a question mark. (laughs) Give me a second. It might have been one of the three or four years where I was just a little too, you know, college teenagey to see Disney movies. There weren't many because in high school I was already an animation fan. But the Muppet movies, my the family kind of family movies thing might have I might have fallen out of that for not long, but four or five years, and I think it was right in there. So I probably did not see this in the movie theater. I don't have a, I don't have a distinct recollection because you see it yeah. so many times afterwards that it kind of you know it's hard to remember exactly what I did and didn't see. But I'm pretty sure yeah. I did not. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. Ah. But I had the VHS. Does that count for anything? Uh, it means you've seen it. That's always good. <laughs> yeah, but the VHS. Like, well, well, we have the DVD now too. But actually, I, we'll talk about that in a second. I actually saw it uh, opening day. Not opening day, but I saw it on Christmas Day. Nice. Uh, my mom and I used to have a tradition where we would go to because like the movies are not particularly crowded on Christmas because yeah. everybody is busy doing other things. But basically, once you've opened presents and hung out with family for a while, you're like, all right, well, let's all stare at each other, or we yep. can go to the movies. And so my mom and I would make it a tradition. We'd see more than one movie during on Christmas Day. And that day we saw Aladdin, mm-hmm. Muppet Christmas Carol, 
and toys. Wow. That was a good year. Holy cow. <laughs> well, <laughs> toys was a pretty oh, awful Oh, I like that one. Really? With the moundy lands, like landscaping, I like that. And the oh, weird just, Joan Cusack. Yeah, it was just so not what you're expecting. You're like, oh, this could be a happy movie. Like, you yeah. know, you just finished seeing Aladdin here and Robin Williams yeah. be all happy and joyful. And then you're like, what is this and sadness? Who was it? Was it LL Cool J? Was that weird LL army guy? LL Cool J, yep. <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch that one. It was good. Uh, Wall O T. But so here's something, uh, and so you have it on DVD. You said, yeah. Now we do. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, do you have it on Blu-ray, DVD? Do you even own it? Um, I think we have it on DVD. Yeah. Okay, because there's a scene that was missing if you saw it in the theater, and also missing unless you own the VHS or the DVD. What's that? Hmm. Which scene is it? So, uh, in the Christmas past, uh, when he goes, when Scrooge sees his younger self breaking up with his love interest, mm-hmm. whose name eludes me at the moment, uh, they sing a song called When Love Is Gone. When love is gone, when love is gone, I wish you well, but I must leave you now alone. Yeah, that's the worst song. Well... Walt Disney Company agreed with you because they axed it out of the movie. <laughs> like in the theaters the, they did? Yeah, for the theaters and then for every other release except for VHS and DVD. Yeah. I should get the Which, Blu-ray. It's bad. <laughs> really? I, I like that song. Do you? What do you like about I it? I do. I don't know. It's just, it's, maybe it's because I was tragically single in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I just, I like the melody and I like the, oh, now I can't think of the name of the gal who sings it in the closing credits, but I like the... I like the, it was like the, it was back in the 90s where Disney would always have, you know, a song in the movie that they would mm-hmm. didn't have some uh, current pop artist sing yeah. over the closing credits. And the closing credits version, I, I always liked. I, I, I always remembered the scene being in the movie, but now, now, since I've read that it wasn't, I'm like, that must seem so awkward then when that song is in the closing credits. Yeah. If you, if you didn't see it somewhere else, in the, <laughs> like, why in the middle of this, <laughs> why at the end of this Christmas movie are we hearing about love being gone? Yeah. <laughs> over the closing credits. <laughs> what happened? Did I, did I miss a step? Did someone hit me on the head again? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's... But it all... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I have weird m- memories of... Well, because I was in a... When I was just a little kid, I was probably, boy, six or, no, maybe seven or eight years old. I was in a high school production of, of Christmas Carol. They called it Scrooge because I played Young and Eb- young Ebenezer, right? And I had to sing a song very similar to that. It was called uh, Where Is Love? I think from Oliver, there's a song that they yeah, just, put into yeah, just this. just put that in there. Yeah, they, they used it. That was the song they used for that same kind of mm-hmm. place, you know. Only he was probably, that was probably older. He was probably thinking about Belle, but... But young Ebenezer, he was just having this moment of I'm so lonely and alone, and I just have this weird <laughs> like reaction to Christmas Carol because of that experience when I was like it was traumatizing. Seven. It wasn't traumatizing. Well, it actually was because it's the first time I'd ever been on a stage in front of like many, many, many people and uh-huh. singing a song. And seven or eight years old, it was just a kind of a, and then the whole weirdness of you know trying to figure out what is even at that age like they were trying to help me have some kind of character you know Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to be this scrooge and fan would come running in and how to 
act like I love my sister. It was just all, it's kind of weird. I have a really like weird relationship. I you go to therapy for this. I do. I have a really weird relationship <laughs> with Christmas Carol from that one play. <laughs> and also the big scary Ghost of Christmas past. Like, I I mean, of pre- future, come future to come. I mean, that was scary too because mm-hmm. the big skeleton man. Uh, just the whole thing was, for a seven-year-old, very somewhat grueling. <laughs> I can tell. You're not okay. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm okay. But it is... It is a it is a Are moment sure? it is a moment that's marked in my past yes so the but the Muppets did a lot to alleviate the the pressure of that yeah. because they made it fun and it's made the it, best Christmas Carol out there it's pretty good Martina McBride by the way oh she was the pop cover there it is sorry there it is uh, and it's funny you mentioned the scariness because they actually called that out in the middle like uh, there's another thing I was listening to on the commentary they were worried about like the the Marley and Marley scene where like mm-hmm. it's kind of scary and the ghost jumps through the floor and then Rizzo actually calls it out he says should we worried about the kids yeah. in the audience yeah. and Gonzo goes nah this is culture <laughs> <laughs> I love that line <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Tim, can I ask you a, a question about one of the ghosts? Uh, certainly. So I was, when we were watching it this week, my husband had somehow never seen this movie. I feel like I've come into his life to show him Muppet movies and Disney live action. <laughs> like, this is my role as his wife. <laughs> because like, he'd never seen any Haley Mills movies. Oh, the horror. So we were watching Goodness. it with our two-year-old this week. Um, we, and we only got through the Chris, uh, Ghost of Christmas Past because it was nap time. But we were watching that, and we thought, like, that's a fine-looking ghost for 1992, or whatever, you know, we're like early, early 90s. We didn't know when it came out. You're right. Like, how you. You're how right. did they make that wispy ghost? I mean, it was good. Do you know? I'm so glad you asked me a question I had done prep for. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's almost as though we planned this, but we certainly but we did not. we didn't. It's an amazing <laughs> ghost. Fill me in. So what they originally did was they filled a tank with baby oil. Okay. And they had a, a Muppeteer wearing all all green and shot it in front of a green screen. And so they just took all the green out and then it was the, the baby oil made the ghost float and they could just, oh. you know, mat it in anywhere. But then apparently, A, that much baby oil is super expensive and B, <laughs> gets super dirty. Who knew? So eventually it was just they did it with water after that. Okay. Uh, so that's it's just basically a, a, a puppet floating in a tank of water. Yeah. That's they did, clever. They did something very similar in, in Poltergeist. I don't know if that's which came first, but it was a very similar floaty ghost that was filmed in water kind of a thing. It is kind of... Uh, they uh, retroactively stole it from the Muppets by going back in time. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they were different, you know, different, handled differently. But I just mean that that whole kind of shooting wet for dry to make it look like something is ethereal is really effective um, mm-hmm. and creepy. So, And also I should point out that this was the first Muppet production, the first major Muppet production after Jim Henson had passed away. I know, because Kermit's voice wasn't quite right. Yeah, and we uh, all Steve Whitmire... Steve Whitmire was the guy who took over for Jim Henson, and apparently he was super nervous about it. Yeah. And the night before, he had a dream that Jim Henson came that came to him and said uh, not to worry about it, that it would be okay, Aww. just trust in the character. And it was like the night before he was supposed to record Kermit singing. And so the, he, he took that to be a positive omen, and uh, it moved forward. That's wow. He did a good job. But you can just tell, the first time Kermit speaks, you think, something is different. Yeah. It's a moment. But he tried hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's still he's still got doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's he's yeah. pretty much the, the man now. <laughs> and if you have the DVD, it's always fun to just let the leave the menu on, okay? Because he does a bunch of stuff where he's like, um, listen, there's uh, 
really no pressure here, uh, but uh, I've been waiting quite a while, and uh, if you'd like to um, push play maybe. I said uh, uh, you could push play. <laughs> well, well, how about, uh, how about bonus feature? Uh, you're not going to go to setup, are you? <laughs> that happens. Okay, have it your way. And he walks away and he walks back. He just gets more and more impatient yeah. just on the menu. It's very amusing. That's really funny. funny. How did you figure that out? I put the I put the DVD on and I was doing something else and I'm like, <laughs> what is Kermit chastising me right now? <laughs> Music, magic, and Muppets. In a movie over a year in the making, Dickens' timeless holiday story, told as only the Muppets can tell it. The Muppet Christmas Carol is going to be a wonderful, wonderful movie. And it could have been better if my part had been bigger. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, well, I think that's all the stories I have about the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, I just uh, like it. That yeah, like you said, that may be my top uh, version of a Christmas Carol to watch. That, it's between that and Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, that's good too. Less scary yeah. Mickey's Christmas. Well, actually, that Mickey is kind of scary too. Well, you know, it's it's a scary story. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's supposed to be a I ghost mean, story to kind of bring it warning, back right? to. For 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 nostalgia purposes, if you're going to bring it back to Disney topics, like I wish I could go back to the to the 19th century and see a stage performance of Christmas Carol because yeah, uh, it kind of is it one of the things that got f- kind of famous in the the mid 19th century was this Pepper's Ghost illusion because of Christmas Carol plays like hmm. they invented this this amazing kind of way to make ghosts appear on the stage and they and it got really really popular because of christmas carol and i would have man i would have loved to see how that how they how that was you know back Mm -hmm. in the 19th century to see that live with you know the lanterns on the stage and ghosts kind of just appear in the middle of nowhere that would have been amazing now it's in the haunted mansion makes the ballroom scene you know it's the same thing but um man that would have been cool i don't know I didn't. I did not know that about the Pepper's Ghost thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew the Pepper's Ghost thing existed. I didn't know uh, Christmas Carol popular popularized it. Yeah, I mean, there were a, a few plays that used it, but Christmas Carol was one of the most famous ways that it really became prominent. Because you know, they started advertising it as you know, having we have this new Pepper's Ghost technology, and um, they'd advertise it right on the 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 you know the posters and the sheets, the flyers about it. So yeah, it was a. That was a thing. Nicely done, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My my sad attempt to tie it back to Disneyland was that back in the day when uh, Disney California would switch over to Christmas, mm-hmm. you, the overture for Muppets Christmas Carol would play during uh, uh, as you're walking down Hollywood Pictures back lot. Oh. <laughs> well, that counts for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is a stretch. You're going to throw your back out with that stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the whole process of making Christmas Carol was quite extraordinary because it was um i obviously i it's i i did direct it but but it was all the performers coming around and and paul williams jerry jewell writing it um their support and just everybody willing this film to to do well and to and to go well is the first piece that we the team did without uh the team leader uh my father and uh i I know at the time we we felt it was going well, and I, I, it wasn't until we was tested the movie in front of audiences that we 
realize just how successful it was going to be and, and how much the audience um, really enjoyed the film and, and, and enjoyed seeing the Muppets back in the, in the movies again. And it was really a, a rebirth of, of the Muppets and, 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 you know, quite an extraordinary process for all of us. And it's always great to go back and look at the movie. Well, well, here's a, here's another Disney tie. So, um, back in the I would say the mid '90s when they first started, when they they did the Small World holiday overlay. I don't remember when that was. I want to say '90 something, mid late '90s. They started talking about the Haunted Mansion too, and Tony Baxter was trying to convince um, Disneyland to put in some kind of a Christmas Carol overlay. So you would come in and you would be, in, you would kind of. Co- move past the three different ghosts, you know, past, present, and future, and somehow they would turn yes. that into a story in the Haunted Mansion. That would have been super creepy, right? And um, that was the original idea, um, and they threw that around a little bit, and then when they finally kind of landed on Nightmare Before Christmas, that was too obvious. I mean, you know, they had to do that, right? Because just two great intellectual properties put together. But they did consider using Christmas Carol for the Haunted Mansion holiday. I, I I knew that too. <laughs> I didn't. I'm learning things left and right. That <laughs> uh, was in it was in a haunted mansion book that I got a long time ago. Yes. Speaking of haunted mansion <laughs> books, was it written by Jeff Bam? <laughs> no, Not that one. but I hear there is one that is. And if you have a friend who's into or a family member who's into the haunted mansion, Disney, or just excellent writing. I think we have a great Christmas gift idea for them. Wow. Well, thank you for that plug. That's awesome. Yeah, I, and you know, just this last couple of weeks, the my second revised expanded edition came out. So it is now available. And it has a whole a whole the whole appendix is about Christmas ha- Haunted Mansion holiday. So it, it's all about the Christmas uh, overlay at Disneyland. So uh that's a recent addition to the book. And what what is the title again? Oh, good question. So it's called <laughs> The Unauthorized Story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion uh, by Jeff Bam. You can find it on Amazon.com. Uh, Kindle version's available. Don't buy the first version that someone's trying to sell for $400 because it's just not worth it. Get the... <laughs> Get the Agreed. current version for for seventeen dollars. Much more. Much Someone's more. trying to sell your first version for four hundred dollars. Yeah, they won't get it. Well, you know, some of these some of these companies try. Just here's a little tip about Amazon. So sometimes you see these books that are like eight hundred dollars. They just use some kind of algorithm to decide how many they think are available in mm. the world, and then they just ba- make a price based on the apparent scarcity. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do oh. with the value of a book. The actual so, value. Yeah. And so it's not like you signed it or anything. Like this is legit Jeff Bam signature. No, Get it? No, that that would no. It's still that. not worth that much. <laughs> still not worth four hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but um, the new version is out, and um, yeah, great stocking stuffer. Thank you for that plug, Tim. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else you guys would like to talk about before we I, I send you back out into the cold, snowy weather? No, I have nothing to sell. <laughs> no, where's the hawk? <laughs> <laughs> well how about a particular podcast that people can listen to oh, every yeah. week instead of waiting <laughs> once a month come listen to us on nostalgia come to nostalgia.com and that's like nostalgia like you're nostalgic for christmas but oh no you're nostalgic <laughs> for a mouse mickey mouse so nostalgia.com or find us on itunes we're in there i think it's funny i love how when you go to itunes and you look at us and you go to the reviews page like the first review is from tim bab comedian 
Like you were so <laughs> kind to give us a review early on. That just shows up number one every time. I know. It's always it's, the first is review. It really? Yep. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> always the first review. Like it's because the it's the most rele- relevant. The most or- relevant. Yeah. You're the most relevant review on Nostalgia, Tim. Well, I, they're like, well, he must know he was on the show. <laughs> a number of times. And you can go to our, our archives and find all the shows with Tim, because there have been a number in all his Kingdom comedies. So yeah. come on over. And take a also, listen. you guys have talked about uh, Christmas-related things at Disneyland a number of times. Yeah. So. Oh, in November, yeah. Or November. December will be packed with lots of Christmas stuff. So keep listening. So see? Nostalgia. Yeah. Get it. That's right. <laughs> and if you like it super much, there is now Nostalgia Plus. When you can't get enough Nostalgia, now there's more. There's more. You can pay for some more. But regular Nostalgia is free. Come on over. <laughs> well, Jeff, Kristen, thank you so much for uh, stopping by our little show today. Absolutely. <clears throat> there Thanks it is. For having I us. told you my voice was cracking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for stopping by our show, guys. Things are changing. <laughs> It's been it's been super fun. This is a great yeah. show. I mean, I yeah, remember as soon you. as this show came out, I listened to the first one, and I remember thinking, mm-hmm. this is going to go somewhere. This is it's an awesome show. show. It's a great show. Yeah. Can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah. Thank you for I having me I appreciate that very much. We love yeah, well, thanks for being on. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy oh, Hanukkah. Oh. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> well, that was super nice of Kristen and Jeff to stop by. I always love talking to them, especially about all things Disney. But we've still got one more thing to do before this show is over. It's time for the final round of the Jingle Brawl! Jingle This is it. We spent all of 2016 voting on what artists performed the greatest version of Jingle Bells. This month, we're going to decide once and for all. Five finalists are in the running, but only one can be crowned winner of the Jingle Brawl, and they'll need your votes to do it. These were the top five finishers from the semifinals as decided by your votes. Let's meet the artists you picked now! Frank Sinatra! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dolly Parton! Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Bing Crosby and the Andrew Sisters. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Oh, we have a lot of fun. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. The bear naked ladies. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride. Soon Miss Fanny Bride was seated by my side The horse was leading leg Misfortune seemed his lot He got it through a drift and bank it Oh, we man got caught Andy Williams
The poll is up now at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Vote for your one favorite that you think is the best version of Jingle Bells. Wait, what if my favorite isn't one of the finalists? I'm glad you asked, imaginary listener who sounds like Kermit the Frog. Hey, wait, why weren't you in the Muppet Christmas Carol segment? Seemed a little too obvious. Fair enough. But back to your question. If you don't like one of the five finalists, you can write in your favorite. It can be any version of the song that got knocked out in a previous round, or a version we haven't even mentioned all year. But however you're going to vote, you need to hurry. You can vote once a day, every day, until December 15th. And once again, if you spread the word about the Jingle Brawl by using the hashtag Jingle Brawl and linking to this episode, you could win some official North Pole wrapping paper and gift stickers. So vote! Get your friends to vote! Get your coworkers to vote! If you're at a party, get everyone to pull out their phones and vote! We need everyone's opinion to see who will win the 2016 Jingle Brawl! That was quite a show. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thank you to Christian and Jeff from Mousedalgia. A link to their show is in the show notes of this episode. That's also where you'll find a link to our official store where you can get greeting cards, stamps, stockings, wrapping paper, ornaments, and they're all customizable. Also, you'll find VJ's Disneyland Christmas music mix in the show notes. And, of course, that's where you can vote in the Jingle Brawl. Spread the word for your chance to win. And, as always, keep laughing all the way. And that was Christmas 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2016. Oh. Oh, thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on iTunes and write us a review. Or if you prefer to stream your podcast, we're now available on Stitcher as well. <laughs> if you'd like to leave a comment on this or any episode, go to our official website at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. There you'll find a link to our official Zazzle store where you can buy customizable Christmas decorations, clothing, and other gift ideas all year long. Our show only comes out once a month, but we love to interact with you any day of the year. Just come by to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash can't wait for Christmas pod or our Twitter name at Christmas pod. Or you can always send us an email directly at Christmas at tangas.com. The can't wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast podcast network. We wish you a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps band. And this glorious version of Jingle Bells on the accordion was performed by the amazing Kristen Nowicki. All of their music and sounds are properties of their individual copyright holders and no infringement is intended. All right, I can't think of anything else to say. How about you boys? God bless us, everyone. To all who come to this merry place, welcome. I'm Tim Babb, stand-up comedian, Christmas Super Fran, and Dis... Super Fran? I'm Super Fran. Hey, everybody, I'm Super Fran. Ironically, my voice was fine again, and now it's gone out before I'm finally recording the last bit of the show. Oi! Jeff and Kristen are going to be here any minute, so I just have time for a quick public service announcement. <clears throat> my voice is getting worse the more I talk. But Jeff and Kristen are going to be here any minute, so I have... But Jeff and Kristen are going to be here any minute, so I have time for just a quick... Why can't I get that... Why can't I get that phrasing right? <clears throat> Come on, voice. You don't have that many words left before you crap out. <clears throat> get these words right. <clears throat> Give the soy nog a chance. You might like it, or you, or you might not. You know what? <laughs> just just for just for uh, um, research sake, I probably should. Okay, just a, a little one. 
a mini. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah, a tall or whatever the kids, whatever you kids <laughs> call it. A child size. You crazy Starbucks. Oh, is that, a, is that an option? They have child size, yeah. Ask them for a child size. They have size. child size? Yeah. Maybe you only know that if you live in Seattle. They have child sizes. <laughs> and why do they call small tall? That doesn't make sense to me at all. Because it's fancy. And grande, and then venti. venti. Because you don't want to be like two billion calories. You just say venti. Like, it makes you feel better. Like, oh, I'm why Italian. Don't they call, why don't they call large tiny? What? Because they want you. They want you to feel like you're getting getting enough. And like okay. it's fancy. It's Italian. It's fancy. It's tall. Wait, but tall's not Italian, is it? I always refuse to say tall. I just say give me a small, and they always know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 Barista's ever like what a small. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, get the manager. They've never said like like we say like I want a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Like I like a small. Is a tall okay? No one ever says that. I've never heard it. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I like that you haven't upgraded to your to Blu-ray yet. That you're still sticking with the DVD. Uh, if I own a DVD of it, I'm probably not going to go Blu-ray unless some amazing special features are brought forth. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I recently bought the Dark Knight trilogy on Blu-ray, even though they, I already had two of them. Mm-hmm. My excuse was I didn't already have Batman Begins, and there was an hour-long interview of Richard Donner talking to, um, duh, who directed the Dark Knight? Oh. <laughs> the name? Chris, Chris Nolan. Nolan, right? Yeah. So they talked for an hour about creating iconic superhero movies. And I was like, done. You sold a, you sold a Blu-ray target. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you guys are killing me. I think That's... it should be, can't wait for Christmas, colon, makes my face hurt. Like, your show always makes my face hurt. I laugh too hard. <laughs> can't wait for Christmas. We'll make your face hurt. <laughs> I don't think I want to listen to that. <laughs> That's funny. It's true, though. We need everyone's opinion to see who will win the 2016 Jingle <laughs> I can't imagine that improved my voice. <laughs> That's also where you'll find... <clears throat> That's also where you'll find a link to our official store where you can get greeting cards, stamps, stockings, wrapping paper, ornaments, wrapping paper. Come on! This is literally the last paragraph of the show. My voice is barely hanging on. I just got to get through it.